The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 15th edition of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to break down yet another mock draft, talk some news, mix in some other things, and we're a little over two weeks away from preseason. It's crazy. Uh, but with me to break this all down is Ryan Canass. What's up, man? I'm just enjoying this time of the season. I love I love mock drafts. I love the lead up to to the real deal draft, and yeah, it's fun and it's it's coming right up because the season, as we've mentioned before, is starting earlier than usual this year. So. Yeah, we're going to get a little over two weeks of preseason, so we have to really, it's going to be a potent amount of preseason, hopefully they don't, uh, we can get some sort of hints, but we've seen a lot of players, um, you know, preseason injuries, especially for football, there were a lot, so you would think that maybe that affects how guys play their stars, And but a lot of teams don't really have their, their 15 set, so there's some good position battles, actually a good one to start with here is Jared Jack, uh, signed a non-guaranteed deal. Jared Jack was pretty good um, before he got hurt with the ACL tear with the Nets, and then last year just was kind of a lost cause with the Pelicans and the knee injury again. Um, so him and Ramon Sessions are probably going to battle it out and to see who starts over Frank Nilekina. Um So do you have any intrigue for Jared Jack or Sessions as like a last-round pick and even like a 14- or 16-teamer? No, this is quite the situation that I'm going to completely avoid. Um, I don't like the fact that they, you know, they signed Ron Baker to a two-year deal worth almost nine million, so they might air him out at some point. Um, Sessions, you mentioned, could battle with Jack, but neither of them appeal to me, even if they win the job. Uh, you got the rookie who's going to be nipping at their heels, and mid-season we're likely to see him, you know, if not sooner, take over. Um, there's just nothing to like here. I think this is a situation where if one of these guys gets hot for a week, you you, you might stream them, but otherwise you're not going to want them on your team. Yeah, Although pretty- saying that, how do you feel about about Frank? He's uh he's going pretty steadily in drafts I've seen. Usually, sometimes pretty early, like earlier than I think, late middle rounds even. I can't do it. I mean, I'd rather have like any of these other rookies. Fox, I don't even like that much. Obviously. Neil Keen is nowhere near the DSJ Lonzo Ball tier, but yeah, I'd I'd rather just take someone else. I'd either, I'd even rather take a shot on Jason Tatum or something yeah. like that. It's just it's just so weird because basically from what a couple reports were saying, it was more of a Phil Jackson pick. So it's basically like the Knicks had a fantasy team and they dropped out and then they had to replace the owner with somebody and they're inheriting somebody yeah. that, that that they didn't draft, so um, yeah, and by the way, I hate having to replace fantasy owners. It's the worst. Like, I, and why? Like, replace? And why do you want to? I hate managing so. Like, if I don't draft a team, like I'm not. I don't care. I don't. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, God bless the people who step in to, <laughs> yeah, right? to manage those teams. But yeah, what what we do for my keeper leagues is we make you pay for half the season the next year. So if you drop out, the owner that inherits it is getting a, a steady discount. Um, yeah. League, which if the you only, play Keeper League, I suggest that. Yeah, the only league I bowed out of was one that I can remember ever. Was one last year. It was I think you were in it. It was supposed to be a mock draft, and I think oh. almost everyone wanted to play it out, but I already had too many leagues going, so I I bowed out of that one. Yeah, and that's different though. Like it's just quitting mid season one. Oh yeah, that's that's just poor yeah. form. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so other news and notes. Um, this is. Coming from Mavs.com, legit, um, the guys that cover it for them are really plugged in. They cover the team. The props to the Mavs. A lot of, like, the Grizzlies are better at this, too. They have a lot of good uh, team employees um, that just cover the team. They do a great job. But they're saying that Harrison Barnes is going to start at small forward. So a couple takeaways there. Uh, that means it sounds like they probably want to start Noel, and they probably want to put Curry on the bench. Seth Curry, of course. Um, and then, obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. So with that... And, and then it makes you think about maybe a one-four pick and roll with DSJ and Dirk, and what 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 are your feelings on that? And then what you would assume Wes Matthews starts at the two, 
Uh, and again, they wanted to play Curry at the point guard late in the season, so he could do a little bit of a Jamal Crawford type thing. Um, so what's your analysis on Harry B at the three? Uh, I rather like him there. I mean, he had a lot of success last year slotting into power forward, running a lot of the plays that they ran for Dirk. Um, Dirk was shifting to center. I think we're still going to see plenty of that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Dirk only averaged 26 minutes last year, so that's going to come down a little. There's still going to be plenty of minutes available at power forward. Um, assuming Dwight Powell splits his minutes at the four and the five, they want him to be more of a stretch four, but nothing we've seen out of him yet really indicates that he can do that reliably. So that'll be something to keep an eye on in uh, training camp in the preseason. If Powell can consistently knock down three pointers and uh, Cuban also push them to get better as a shot blocker and defender. So there's a couple issues there for him, but if he can carve out a solid 20 minute role, that's going to really tighten things up in the front court. But I think Barnes is safe regardless. He's going to get his, you know, 34 minutes a game at small forward, power forward. Uh, They'll find ways to keep him on the court. Yep. And then also, uh, Mark Cuban said that Josh McRoberts is going to play more than people expect. I don't know if that's just a kind of being nice, because a couple reporters were saying don't expect him to play much. So that may have just been a little bit of a, a su- support for McRoberts. I mean, we, we're obviously not drafting McRoberts and even like a 30-man. But, um, I mean, something to watch. We've seen McRoberts have value at times. Um, so, yeah, that... Does that hurt Seth Curry for you, though? Uh, guy, I was kind of looking at, like, round 10, 11. No, I don't know. There's just... I don't, I don't really see enough upside there. Yeah, I can't really do it. With, I think he's going to be a valuable player in reality, but one of those guys that just isn't going to get over the hump for fantasy. Yeah, um, yeah he had some, some very good stretches, but as long as Wes Matthews is, is healthy... Um, the point guard spot with, with DSJ and Yogi and Barea even can play both uh, guard positions. So, um, yeah, I'm not really into drafting Seth Curry. Yep, same. Uh, but we know Wes, maybe he gets hurt again. He has the, has the Achilles thing. So, yeah, just keep an eye on it again. If he falls to, like, the last round, sure, but he usually doesn't. Um, so, yeah. J- Jason... Do, do you have any... Oh, sorry, but I mentioned Dwight Powell earlier. Do you have any interest in him in deeper leagues, maybe? Or No, uh, I... I liked him a little bit last year, but yeah, with Dirk going to play more four than I guess we were expecting now, um, I don't really see the upside there. And they're going to play, like we said, they're going to play Harrison Barnes there at times. So I just, what's his, what's his ceiling? Like 14 minutes a game, 15? Yeah, that seems like a realistic ceiling probably. Yeah, and he's not exactly Boban when it comes to permanent output. Uh, okay, so I said Jason Richardson when I was changing the topic. I meant Josh Richardson, obviously. I got a... Uh, Jay Rich, Jay Rich, I, I always love how he led the NBA in three pointers one year. Like you, you, people talk about his dunks, but he was lighting it up for Charlotte for his time there. Um, anyways, but Josh Richardson, um, extension here, four year deal. What do you think about him um, with Dion Waiter? We saw him light it up uh, his last like seven or eight games in April. He was a league winning kind of a pickup for you. Uh, he goes kind of earlier than I thought. He's almost in the same exact spot as Curry is. He's what? Say that again. I, he's like he's almost in the same exact spot as Seth Curry is. You know, yeah, kind of I, mean, I would take Josh Richardson over Curry time after time. Yeah, me too. But you're right. There's a lot of competition there. You know, they brought back waiters. You got Tyler Johnson. Obviously, Dragic starting. Justice uh, Winslow returning to health is going to tighten things up. So minutes could be an issue, but he was a solid contributor, even in you know hovering just below 30 minutes a game last year. I think he can carve that out. Um, and you mentioned the upside. I mean, if any one of the guys I just talked about gets hurt, uh, we saw Jay Rich in April last year, as you said, he was playing 38 minutes a game, averaged 15 points, three boards, three assists, but the, the real fantasy gold was 2.83s, one and a half blocks, and 2.3 steals in, I think, seven or eight April games. So I, I love that demonstrated upside where you've seen what can happen if they just unleash him. Um, so there's enough there for me to take him with a late round flyer, hoping for, you know, he just holds on to top 120 value and, and kind of pray for an injury to spring him loose. I think every team I had Richardson in, I won the, the fantasy playoffs. Like, he was so, so big. Yeah, um, definitely one of the best pickups. Yeah, but yeah, like we said, his upside is just so, so good. Um, he's a little streaky, but he's a shoot, young shooting guard. We talk about this all the time. Just, uh, it's going to come with the territory. Uh, so bad news for a guy I really liked was DeAndre Bembry. He has a triceps tear, so he's going to be basically questionable for opening night, which is bad. I mean, this team is in terrible shape. We see Marco Bellinelli kind of light it up, 
Uh, and Eurobasket, obviously Tareem Prince, he's safe. Um, but I think they were going to play Bembry at the two. So, Bazemore is kind of... Bazemore and Rodney Hood have a lot of similarities. They were both pretty good two years ago. They both really fell off last year, and now they both have a lot riding on them this year to blow up and expand their offensive roles. So, I like Bazemore. He always falls, um, and I've said this in the last pod, like, bet, players on bad teams, take them. Uh, the upside is just... You don't know what it is, and, and for a good reason. You, uh, it could be, they could be like league-winning kind of pickups. So, um, yeah, I like Bazemore, Tareem Prince. I've been aggressively drafting at like 70, 75. I did in our draft. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, even Urson um, is fine. They're going to probably play him a little bit more if they can't get Bembry back on the court. So all those guys, and even Bet, even uh, Deadman on draft. I like Mike Muscala. I've been drafting him a lot. Yeah, I've seen Torian Prince has been a very popular pickup. Um, I might be the contrarian here, but I think I would take Kent Bazemore before Prince the, for this year for redraft purposes. Um, I, yeah, you mentioned I really like where Bazemore's at. It's a bad team. They have every reason to kind of turn him loose. Um, the only real depth behind him is Marco Bellinelli, and then once Bembry gets healthy. Uh, so I'd rather like him to bounce back, especially since you're going to get him at a discount because he flopped last year. Uh, hurt almost every owner who drafted him barely had top 150 value so yeah I'm, I'm banking on a bounce back I think his you know shot should be more regular um Torian Prince solid pickup but I, I think I'd take Bazemore first okay. and as far as Bellinelli I don't think I would ever touch him have you drafted Prince yet in any of the mocks we've done I don't think I so. have not the Roto World crew is all yeah, over him. so by the, by the time he falls into my likely range he's been long gone yeah it's it's usually me Jonas or Strope are all on the the Prince bandwagon pretty hard. Yeah, we like if you're in a regular league, you could probably sneak him at like you, you're so for if you were drafting without the three of us, you'd probably look at like ninety five hundred. Yeah, I'd get him around the hundredth yeah. century mark. Sure. Whereas he goes like seventy five eighty with the yeah, three a little of aggressive us. for me. Yeah, but his his, his defensive stats are going to be good. Uh, okay, so what else? Uh, Reggie Jackson supposedly ready for camp. Um, I don't know when the date is on this, but I saw a little video of them doing like a biking thing with Stanley Johnson, and I saw Reggie Jackson on the bike. I don't know how old that is, so I couldn't really write a blurb on it. But it looks like he's on the bike, from what I can tell. So I don't know. Um, Reggie Jackson, and he fell hard. We'll talk about, I guess, in a second. Um, any interest in him? Uh, Ish Smith, last pick to kind of handcuff, I guess. Anything that, with that for you? Yeah, the the whole Ish Smith thing last year puts a, a yellow caution flag above Reggie for me this year. But also, his health is a big question mark. So if I drafted him today, I'd probably let him slip into the 100, 120 range. And as you mentioned, he went even further in our mom, or in our draft. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy I really want to see during training camp in the preseason. I think there's a lot of guys like this where if you see him on the court, if he's practicing without limitations, five on five, full contact, etc., makes you a lot more comfortable taking him. Yeah, he went 150 in our, our draft on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, that's It's hard to ignore that value right there. Um, so just quickly, um, Michael Carter-Williams got hurt. So that means Malik Monk's on the radar, who's also still dealing with that ankle injury. The ankle injury he suffered in pre-draft workouts. Didn't play in Summer League. He was, uh, was he Mr. Irrelevant, I think? He was. Yeah, Malik Monk was the 180th pick uh, in, in the draft on Tuesday. Uh, anything for you there? And then also, uh, Steve Clifford did give Michael Carter, uh, Michael Kid Gilchrist. That's going to be the, hy- the Michael hyphens, man. Yeah, it's gonna be confusing. Uh, uh, anything he another? I like I like MKG this year more than I usually. I usually uh, shy away because he's a great defender, but the stats weren't there. He would just be like, okay, point four blocks, point seven steals. It just wasn't there. But it clicked last year. He's pretty much one and one when it counted. Yeah, started to come together for him. Um, the shot selection was has been quite nice. So he's not. You know, there was that, that sort of uh, false hope that we got during his brief appearance in 2015-16 where he made uh, 40% of his threes or something. Um, but fortunately, he didn't pretend that he has a perimeter game last year, took most of his shots in ranges where he's comfortable, and as a result, he shot 48% from the field. Um, doesn't turn the ball over ever, so that's great for 9-cat. And you're right, the, the defensive stats finally started to get there, almost a steal and a block per game. And you got to keep in mind, he's still he's 23 or 24 years old this season. 
Uh, it's a guy who's dealt with yeah. injuries throughout his brief NBA career. So it's understandable that he's had a bit of a slow start, but I'm with you. I like him at, um, you know, somewhere in the middle rounds, and I think he's he's going to be a consistent value. He and Marvin Williams go so late in every draft. Yeah, Marvin... Uh, long-term fantasy players know that he's been maddeningly inconsistent until the last three years. He's having this late career renaissance with uh, Steve Steve Clifford as his coach. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go through this draft. It's on the in the draft guide. Uh, we keep putting out more stuff in there. There'll probably be probably 30 columns in there when it's all said and done uh, with probably 10 mock drafts, maybe more. We're, do- we're going to do an auction soon. Um, so we'll just kind of run through this. It's pretty standard. Like We talk about the big eight guys. And this time, it's a, a different order every time. Uh, this time it was Giannis, Kat, KD, Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, AD, and Curry. So those eight guys pretty much go top eight every time. Um, is there one way you're leaning more than the other? Anything that you're kind of feeling a change coming? Or do you kind of, we still have Kat firmly number one, and then where do you have it after that? Um, I mean, in terms of my own preference, yeah, I'm with I'm with you, as we've said. I'll take Cat number one. Mm. Uh, I think Giannis at number two is fine. You can make the argument for Durant. Um, you see a lot of lot of drafts I look at, not the ones I've been in with a lot of Roto World members, but a lot of just just typical mock drafts and so forth. Uh, Westbrook and Harden are always candidates to go number one. Um, the raw stats are there, especially in eight cat, I suppose, but even in nine cat leagues, I see people taking them. Um, yeah, they just love. I mean, you look at Westbrook, a triple double machine. It catches the eye, and it's kind of easy to overlook the the field goal percentage. Um, Kawhi is not the sexiest pick, but he's got to be in the top eight. Anthony Davis is the prototypical risk reward guy, and then in this particular draft, I landed Steph Curry at number eight. And I I've very rarely draft Steph Curry, but there's just no way I'm passing him up there. Yeah, you really have to take him there. Um, I think the one thing I've learned through these all these mocks. I, and, I, and like we said, I really am so scared to draft Anthony Davis, but man, with with how hard it is to get a big man that you can really trust in round three or four, besides Al Horford, like if I don't get Al Horford, I'm going to have questions. Uh, even still, I have questions with Al Horford. Two torn pectorals, uh, new role, his whole team is different, basically. So, going to be an adjustment period. So, a lot of questions there, too. So, like, it almost makes AD a stronger case. Same with Cousins. Um, so that's kind of my one big, and I, I've talked about this probably more than anything, is just make sure you get big men. Yeah, they drop off, which as we go through this draft, we'll see, but they drop off pretty quick and you start having to make the compromises of, do I go for Drummond at this point if I haven't landed an elite big man? Yep. Yeah, like I picked third, I took Durant. I was considering AD there, man, just because I knew when, when I, I knew that Porzingis wasn't going to make it back to me. Obviously Turner wasn't going to make it back to me. So I was like, eh, maybe I'd do it and at least lock up a big man. And actually, quickly, um, our boy Tommy Beer, he did take AD, and his second-round pick was Turner. So I love that. I would love to get those two guys and build my team that way. And then he got a bargain because all of us up front needed a big man. So he got Mike Conley at 31. I thought that was a really nice start to his draft. Yeah. Yep. He very very nice. And I went with uh, Gobert as my second round pick. Yep. So I was I was fortunate. He fell to me at number seventeen, which that I love. Steal, dude. Yeah. And I did that, and I I made a mistake in round three, which we'll get to. But so that that pegged me to an elite point guard and Curry and a center and Gobert. So I was I was feeling good after two rounds. Yeah. And then also, I could not believe. Uh, just, I guess, to wrap up the first round for you guys. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins went 9. That was a surprise. I've never really seen him go earlier than 14. Uh, like we said, you can't really blame him. Uh, the players that went after there, besides our boy, we'll get to. Um, that I don't, I'm starting to come around on Cousins a little bit. Uh, I had him, I think, like 16, 17. Now I think I'm up to like 13, 14 because I just need a big man. Yeah, and last last year answered some of the concerns about his durability. He missed ten, he still missed ten games, but the two previous seasons he missed a lot more. Um, so it was good to see him bounce back, stay healthy, all while averaging you know massive usage rate, and then also a career high in scoring. Uh, hit one point eight threes, and I think that even spiked in New Orleans. Right, he was just yeah, jacking two pointers. I think it was two one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make the argument, especially with the position scarcity. Yep, so uh, LeBron, 10, pretty much standard. John Wall, Lillard, love Lillard at 12. I'm, I'm sure you agree there. And then Draymond went 13. 
Um, a little early there uh, as well. I've never seen Draymond go that high, which led to the steal so far is Jokic at 14. I almost never see him go later than 10, especially when we're drafting with you, me, Steve, and Jonas and all those guys. But, man, that's crazy to get him at 14. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about the positional stuff. He's ESPN has him at power forward. I'm sure he's also center eligible. Um, I would take him over LeBron. I'd take him over John Wall. Lillard, I've taken him over Lillard. That's kind of a toss-up for me. I'd definitely take him over Draymond. Um, so yeah, I think Dan Dobish got a, a huge steal there at number fourteen. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't get that. Uh, I don't know how, and, and that's kind of funny because all those names I mentioned that have been really busy and mocking uh, are higher. You know, we were all kind of in the top eight, so we were, and it gets it gets messy uh, in the later rounds. We keep stealing each other's players, yeah. um, which is so weird. Like you and you, me, Jonas, and Steve, we just could call each other's drafts. Like I know who you're gonna pick every time. Yeah, which is why in the in the draft guide we do do some like reader mocks. We do yeah. some with other fantasy experts from other sites because when we keep it in house at Roto World, we all we all know each other's preferences so well. It can lead to a bit of a d- distorted picture of uh, what a real draft will look like. Right. Yeah. Like we won't have to draft Jamal Murray where I took him or anything like that. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So what else? They're pretty standard, like you said. Gobert, uh, I, I was surprised Kyrie went 16 as well. I've usually seen him go closer to the, the turn. So I like Kyrie a lot. Well, I've, I don't really think I've gotten your take on Kyrie. Steve likes him as like a first-rounder. Um, I've, yeah, the more I think about him in Boston, I really like it. Um, I would take him. Jimmy Butler went one pick before him here. I'd take him over Butler, I think. Definitely Draymond. Yeah. Um, I'd probably take Lillard over Kyrie, but I could, yeah, you can make the argument. He's a late round, late first round pick. Um, I, I for sure think he's going to have a, a career best fantasy year at yeah. the very least. Yeah. He looks like he's in for a big season. Yeah. Any of those guys, uh, Lillard, wall, that's a tough pick right there to have to pick between those Lillard, wall, Kyrie, um, who am I forgetting? There's somebody else. I guess Chris Paul as well. That's that yeah. list here. Yeah. It's tight. Um, Speaking of which, yeah, man, let's just finish. We'll get to that. Uh, we look. We talked about Miles Turner enough. Um, I love him at closer to the turn as well. Whiteside, pretty standard. Porzingis, pretty standard. There at twenty, I think he's a really good value um, at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen for the reasons we said. Paul George, twenty-one, and Chris Paul. I got him at twenty-two. Now, two years ago, could you imagine getting Chris Paul and Kevin Durant on the same team? Like, no, no I mean, yeah. traded half like your team to get one yeah. of them. It's only two years. Like, oh, man, I was just Paul like, was an absolute steal. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, this guy doesn't. He doesn't need. We talk about this a lot too. Like, he's gonna feast when he's not on the court with Harden, and he's gonna be like a top twenty-five player when he's with him. So he should still be top fifteen. Worst case, yeah. so yeah, we love him. Uh, and then CJ, McCollum, standard, Beal, standard, Kyle Lowry, pretty much standard. This is where it gets crazy. So really, those 25 players that we just hit are all going in the top 20. And then kind of all hell breaks loose. There's a, it, You can see guys who go 50 here, go 26, or vice versa. And that's what happened. Uh, Gordon Hayward, he's been going 40s. He went 26. I took Embiid because I was so desperate for a big man. I did consider Al Horford, who went next. Um, Kemba Walker went, Middleton went, Conley, we said, was a great pick at 31, Clay Thompson, Blake Griffin, Marcus Saul, DeRozan, and then Booker at 36. Um, so w- what are your thoughts here? And this is what we said. This is why it's so important to get a big man because everything just comes unglued here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Embiid at 27, that's – obviously, if healthy, that's going to be a great deal. But it's that's just a calculated risk. As you said, you really needed a, a – dominant center and you've got one you just have to kind of keep your fingers crossed um horford at 28 is pretty aggressive he didn't even hit that mark on a per game basis last year and that's not counting the fact that he missed 14 games um so but yeah i mean you look at the rest of the centers and if if i'm drafting at 28 which steve was you just took Embiid one pick before him you start thinking well by the time it comes back to me who's going to be left on the board so Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, if you need a center, Horford's the best one there, so you got to kind of reach a little bit, um, yeah. and like which the, makes it all the more in, in, intriguing to get a big man in the first two rounds so you're not in that position. Right, which which I was thinking about. In hindsight, I almost wish I took Anthony Davis over KD. 
Because I think, well, obviously, it's not even a bold statement. Like, AD is a bigger risk than Embiid is, period. So, even at the draft, even at that draft price point where you're going to pay, yeah. you know, top five price versus top 30 price for Embiid, I still think it's a, a riskier proposition to go with him. So, yeah, and it's a, it's coming up AD really is, is uh, one thing I'm coming away with. Anything yeah. else you want to mention from this third round? Anybody that you um, liked or didn't well, like? Well, my pick was Clay Thompson, and I regretted that quickly because. Well, we'll see that there were a lot of good shooting guards available in the next few rounds, mm. and I got a couple of them, so I, in retrospect, didn't need to take Clay. Uh, he gave me almost a redundant amount of three-pointers <laughs> with, with Steph Curry. And also, I don't like to have two of my top three or even four guys on the same team, because then if you go into the fantasy playoffs, and I at this stage, I haven't really analyzed. I have. Tor- you don't want multiple Toronto guys. They okay. have a, a well, two-game good weekend. to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we hit on that real quick? Sure, yeah, I don't know too much about the schedule just yet, but go yeah, for it. Yeah, okay, so they have a, a two-game, a two-gamer in there, so be careful if you're going to draft a lot of Lowry, uh, a lot of DeRozan, um, and then I think only one team is 4-4-4, four, four, four. yeah, who is it? The, nope, oops, sorry, Miss. yeah, okay, there we go, it is the Clippers. So uh, they're the only team that goes four 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 in the final three weeks of the season. So nice. good for Blake. Uh, and then pretty much it's just a mismatch of uh, three three threes, four some fours and threes, but mostly it's four three four. Uh, a couple teams finished three three. Let's see here. Yeah, Raptors um, the only team with two games yeah. in week twenty four. So yeah, you don't want that, man. That's bad. That's your uh, your semifinal week, or something. and the the Wolves with only two games in week twenty one. So that's an interesting little tweak because week twenty one, no matter where your fantasy playoffs come, that's almost always included. So yeah, that's that's tricky. Yep. Yeah. So the Clippers are, are pretty good. I like Blake to begin with. What What are your thoughts on Blake? Is you got to be a little risk involved there, but yeah, I mean, you got to think he's going to be the focal point all season long. So. I re- you know, the, the health is an issue, and where, where did he go in this draft? I he forget. 33. That's... 33, so I, I probably wouldn't take him there, to be I considered honest. him at 27, to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm too worried about his health. I mean, the past three years, it's been injury, injury, injury. So even so, so even, knowing what you, even knowing what you know now, would you have taken Blake over Clay? Like, would you trade Blake for Clay, uh, for Clay right now? Um... Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's just because I wasn't. I'm not very happy with the clay pick. Right, it's right, less right. about about my confidence in Blake. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on again, nothing really too crazy. Uh, I guess we'll just talk about more of the buzz guys or guys that really fell. Um, De- I thought it was interesting that Camden went with DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think Dame Lillard was like number four uh, percentages or something. Yeah, fourth. Um, for output and free throw percentage, and to take DeAndre Jordan right there, and, and I expect Booker to probably be top fifteen in that category this year as well. I mean, that just zaps so much value out of there. So I don't know. I, Further, I, furthermore, so Camel took DeAndre at thirty-seven. You mentioned you know sort of hurting his own free throw percentages, and then Drummond didn't go for thirty-two more picks. So yeah. he clearly reached for DeAndre, and then also to not follow up with Drummond. Like if you're gonna just pretty much concede free throw percentage anyway, why not get a completely dominant front court advantage and pair him with, with Drummond? Yeah, he had a, he had an opportunity too as well. Yeah, uh, next a couple turn. of them. Yeah. I think he just panicked. Yeah, so would, would you take, just in a vacuum, Drummond or DeAndre? DeAndre. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Drummond, or, yeah, I think Drummond probably would be better points-wise, but... DeAndre's just safer. He's going to be... He's super, super durable. That's always nice. Yeah, Drummond is too, but yeah, I think yeah. they're pretty they're pretty comparable. I was just shocked to see them three rounds apart. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll let you kick this one off. What, what did you notice in round four? Uh, again, lots of sexy hashtag brand picks here. Um, yeah. And you... Ever... Victor Oladipo is the apple of everyone's eye. Uh, we know this. Pretty much you... Uh, among us... The the core group of guys, whoever picks first in round four is probably going to get Old Depot, and, yeah. and that was you. Yep, and I actually eyed Ricky Rubio because I, I wanted another big assist guy, but I could not pass up Old Depot, and I knew for a fact that he was going to no. 
he was going to get sucked up if I didn't grab him. So. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, I liked him there. I was surprised to see uh, Kleiss at number 41 pick before me took Nerlens Noel, who I've been getting a lot much later. Yeah. I've been getting him in the 70s, 80s, you know, even later than that sometimes. So I was really surprised that his, his value has spiked that much in people's estimation. People, like we said, people were panicking for a big man, man. Yeah, that's right. It's like all these big man picks are early, except for really Brooke Lopez at 44. I was pretty – and even Kevin – I thought Kevin Love at 42 was a real nice value. I like that. Yep, he's going to be really involved this year. Um, he's He's been solid the past couple of years, and I think he's he could push for top 30 value easy. Easily, easily. They're apparently going to try to run uh, run more offense through him, they were saying. Yeah, Lou said he's going to get those elbow touches. I mean, last year he's basically just stick him on the perimeter and let him wait there on offense. Yeah, yeah. So. And then the back, the back end of this is very hashtag brand. Yeah. Um, Steve took my boy Dennis Smith Jr. at 45. I was mad about that. And that, I panicked. I was Because like, I thought I was going to get him on the way out. And I, I was going to go with Murray or some combination of the two. So I took Jamal Murray at 46. You, you, you don't have to take Jamal Murray at 46. And honestly, if I, was, if, this, if, I, if I wasn't writing this up or talking about it, I probably wouldn't. It's more about just like the brand, I guess. But um, I still think it's a fine pick. I think I, I love, love, love Jamal Murray so much. We talk about him too much. Uh, Nurkic went 47. That's not terrible. I still think it's a shade early. But, I mean, compared to guys like... I, I think I'd take Nurk over Noel. Yeah. And I, DJ I, as well. And we saw... I mean, he was really, really good last year yeah. with the Blazers before the, the fibula injury, so... Yeah. And then D'Angelo Russell went to Jonas at 48. Uh, and then Rubio went 49 to kick off round five. Anything else you want to add from round four? Nope, I rather like both of those point guards, D'Angelo, Rubio, both yeah. both solid gambles there. Yeah, I think if um, I in a normal draft when like I'm, if I'm drafting like under an alias, I probably I probably would have picked Rubio uh, over Murray, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I had to get him, if, especially competing yeah. against you guys. I wanted to uh, have have my boys, um, and I did not. Okay, so I was reading one of your things, and I didn't know you were a big Marquise Chris guy. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm buying in. Yeah, I t- so that's all of us, really. Steve, we all like him. So Steve, Jonas, uh, and then the two of us. I took him at 51, and I was I thought that Jonas was going to take him um, at 48-49. When he did, I was like, oh, nice, smart. Chris is all mine. Yeah, so I was so pleased I, with that pick. I, I mean, you and I both don't like guys who can't hit free throws, and that's an issue for Chris. But uh, he's 20 years old. He's, you know, hopefully there's room for improvement there. Yep. Um, but what I loved is in under 27 minutes a game after the break last year, he averaged 1.13s, 1.4 blocks, and one one steal per game. And those those numbers are just gold. And then everything else he's going to build around. Like I said, he's going to be 21 years old this season. Suns are a bad team. They're just going to feed him. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like there. I'm going to have a lot of Marquise Chris this year. Um, yeah, I think I said to you, every draft I'm in that I that you're not in, I tend to get him. Yeah. And whenever you're around, you snag him in round four or five yeah, or something. Yeah, pretty much. For, and Jordan and I talked about this in the last pod. Like all our drafts kind of go the same. We have like three. We want Old Depot round four. I pro, I will take Jamal Murray round five or Chris or DSJ, and then we kind of just build from there. Um, what other round five things are, are worth talking about to you? Uh, I needed. You know, we've been beating it into the ground, but the, the dearth of big men. So I saw Vooch available at number 56, yeah, yeah. and I was thrilled to land him there. That was great. Uh, ben Simmons went at 59. How do you feel about that? That's where he's going to go. Uh, too much for me. Uh, I, like we said, I've pretty much non-Philly except for Embiid, and I didn't say this yet. But that was more of a heart overhead pick, which we tend not to do here. Um, but I, I want Embiid on a team, dude. I just want one. I didn't have him at any team last year. And I hated it, uh, so yeah. so I want a piece of the Embiid pie, man. Um, and and I, had, I overpaid uh, again. I'm not if you're a very if you're a pragmatist, um, Embiid is not for you. But if you like fun, then uh, then you may want to take a chance. But yeah, yeah. besides him, I'm not touching the, any other Sixers. Yeah, and the Simmons pick tended or seemed to kick off a little mini run on. Uh, I mean, he's a technical rookie, and then after him went Lonzo Ball, and then round six kicked off with Markel Fultz. Yep. A little too early for me, but I, I, that's where they're going to go. So who do you, you think wanna... of that trio? Who do you think's the best value? You know, I kind of lean towards Lonzo Ball, to be honest. But yeah, we'll, would, we'll, would, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't even lean. I would wholeheartedly say Lonzo is the best value of that group. 
Um, assists are uh, he's Mark Jackson is the only player to average double digit assists in his rookie season. So I think that Alonzo's got a chance for that man. Uh, he's going to kill you in field goal percentage. And another, so we've been the two probably big topics we talked about as far as like big picture stuff goes are the bigs and field goal percentage punting. Uh, it's a good year to do it, uh, and I could see myself drafting Westbrook and Porzingis and Lonzo Ball and Covington. There's a lot of guys that I like that have field goal percentage question marks. So it's really I, I haven't got a chance to do it yet. Uh, even Murray too. Murray's not going to be good there either. Dennis Smith Jr. won't be good there either. So I think it's a great year to punt field goal percentage. Yeah, especially if you take Westbrook. Um, okay. Anything else? Uh, James Johnson early. Steve took him at fifty-two. Well, he's again. That's hashtag brand. He likes James Johnson a lot this year. Yeah, Steve even prepped the draft room for that one. He's like, <laughs> "This is going to be a curveball, guys." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, James Johnson's a solid pick. I don't think in any universe his ADP is going to be close to fifty. Um, so you could probably land him a couple rounds later easily. But he's a he's a sneaky guy, and unless you know Steve's. Uh, single-handedly pimps him up a couple rounds. I think he's going to be underdrafted in, in most situations. And then right after him went Nicholas Batum at 53, which is earlier, a lot earlier. He went to Jared. Um, then I've seen him going. Are you are you buying Batum this year? Are you staying away? Because especially if uh, you know if the Hornets have any point guard depth issues, which they might with MCW hurting, you got to think Batum Batum can handle the ball. So yeah, I'm off, dude. Uh, I'm off Batum. Uh, unless, again, if you build that uh, punt field goal percentage team, he's a real good fit there. Yeah, um, he's pretty durable. He, you know, tends to always be a sneaky value, but you're right, the, the field goal percentage just has been a little rough. Yeah, so I am not. I don't think I'm even, I haven't even been close to drafting him. Like, whenever he gets picked, I have 10 to 15 players I'd prefer, maybe more um, in this case as well. Um Nothing else really we're talking about there. So Isaiah Thomas fell all the way to 62. Um, too far, too soon. Very, very, very cloudy situation. Uh, or murky, however you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Would, would, would you spend a pick there? I mean, there's still some really good players on the board still. No. There's too many too many healthy guys with yeah. upside, with, with proven value, whichever way you want to go. Um, I'm just not into it. And we should mention... For the context of the draft, there's there is no IR spot in this league, yep. so dr- drafting Isaiah there is yeah, it's just a real leap of faith. And if he, you know, if they determine that he needs another three months rest or whatever, or you know, God forbid he needs surgery, um, then Dobish probably just has to cut him. So yeah. that's that's a huge risk. I think yeah, around sixty seventy is probably a good way to balance out the risk with his potential top twenty value. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many good players right there. Um, it's just. Yeah, it's very, very dangerous pick. And one thing I always say, too, when you're talking about resting a player in September and August, dude, I'm not drafting you, man. I just, I don't like hearing about rest this, this soon in the season. Like, if they're going to talk about it now, how much are they going to talk about it in the season? Yeah. Although, we should also say that uh, Adam Silver and the competitions committee, they're trying to find ways to promote teams from playing to play their guys and not rest them. So, I don't buy that. Um, I'm sure there will be a million ways to work around that. Uh, okay, yeah. so other round six picks that I guess are, are I knew you were taking Gar- uh, Gary Harris. It's just you've got him uh, at least half of the draft. <laughs> I, yeah, I, apparently I'm higher on him than everybody yeah. else, but uh, I just love him. He's he's young. He's still just entering his prime. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, this is a nine cat league, and yeah, I just loved him there. Yeah, he's, I call him uh, Mini Young Kawhi. Uh, he's just that solid in so many areas. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought that I don't dislike him, but and I had him in my queue. He was, it's, it's the same guys, man. The same guys I always wind up getting drafted, and they went in this round. Uh, and that's Avery Bradley, sixty-six to beer. That was a great pick. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm higher on this guy than any of these guys we mentioned. And that's Aaron Gordon. I love Aaron Gordon. Fifty uh, percent from the field last year after the break. Uh, I was eighty-two, eighty-three percent from the line really clicked um they've really unlocked him as a power forward and to get him at 70 uh on a team that's expected to use him more i was pretty happy with that yeah and i think in a weird twist of good news i think the arrival of jonathan isaac might drive down his draft date price yeah. a lot of people might be might be a little worried about that um i'm i'm not that worried and I, yeah i think i think you got a solid value there 
Yeah, and they've talked about how he's raw and they want to bring him off the bench and how they were too aggressive in bringing their young players up, um, which is part of the reason why uh, Hennigan, uh, it's odorless, uh, is gone. Uh, other picks, uh, sexy pick and Brandon Ingram, uh, working on shot mechanics uh, per his protein shake advertisement. And uh, what do you think about that? Early, obviously, but um, how early? One round too early? Two rounds too early? Uh Three? That's a that's a dart throw. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's uh, you know obviously who was it drafted him? Ethan got a lot of faith in him to bounce back after Homer. a pretty rough rough rookie year. This is another guy you could mention in that if you're going to punt field goal percentage and you need a you need a small forward, look at Brandon Ingram because yeah. that's that that was a huge drag on his value last year. So if you throw that out the window, he yeah he looks a lot better. But I'm personally not going to be targeting him mid round. Yeah, unless Ethan is a Lakers fan, just to throw that out there. But yeah, see, so I'm probably okay with it, like 87, 97. But take him over Aaron Gordon. That's a that's a risky pick. I mean, I would take Gordon. Gordon's ceiling is higher than Ingram's ceiling, and his floor yeah, is way, 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 way better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, and then DeAndre Drummond, a, a very nice number sixty nine for Steve. Uh, and Steve, Steve finally he's like, okay, I'm doing it because, like we said, big men are kind of hard to come by. So and he wasn't as invested in early free throw percentage like Camel was at the time, but Camel did get away from it after that. But I mean, he, that, that sucks to have Russell Westbrook and Paul George, two really good free throw shooters. So you're zapping a lot of value right there. Hate yeah. doing that. Um, like we said, LeBron, Gobert, these uh, even maybe Cousins, you could say. Uh, even Kawhi, who's good, but he doesn't get to the line that much. That may change this year, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, or even Jokic won't go to the line too much. So he's uh, a guy to punt free throws with. Uh, anybody else? Uh, final final pick in this round was Capella, who I rather like. I yeah. think he's going to be good. I think, you know, between Harden and Chris Paul, he's just going to be alley ooping like constantly throughout the game. Yeah, definite threat to lead, lead the lead in field goal percentage, mm. uh, block shots, boards, and terrible free throws. But he doesn't get there as much as some of the other you know horrible free throw anchors. So yeah. I kind of like him in in the sixth round. Oh, yeah, I think we're going to be riding him for DFS a lot. I'm assuming his price won't be high, but, yeah, he's going to have a ton of dunks. Um, Okay, other noteworthy picks. Like we said, I took Tareem Prince at 75. Pretty much I'd prefer to take him in round eight, but I knew I'd have no chance, and even Strope had said he was going to take Prince here, so on time for me. Um, You took TJ Warren, another guy I was considering, but I wanted a little bit more defense, and I didn't need the scoring as much. But I love Warren, man. He like like what you said about Isaac and Gordon is very similar with, with Warren and Josh Jackson. Uh, I thought that Warren was really came along as a defender. We saw him play three positions last year, so that's going to be big for him. I mean, obviously Knight's out of the picture now, so you're looking at probably 26, 27 minutes. You're going to get over a steal, I think. Uh, decent rebounder. He's going to shoot the ball well from the field. Not many threes. That fluky forty percent he had two years ago, obviously, was again a fluke. So, yeah, I like Warren a lot. Yeah, and the Suns, you know, we know they're going to turn their young guys loose, and you got um, Jared Dudley's injured, Brandon Knight's injured, so it's not like they have a lot of depth anyway. So, yeah, with Warren's versatility, I just I couldn't pass him up there. Anybody else you want to mention? Oh, uh, we should talk about Trevor Reza. He slipped a little bit to 77, but the Carmel, the Carmel Anthony Trey rumors, obviously Paul there, uh, it's probably about on time. Uh, a guy who we'd, we'd love drafting Ariza. We would take him pretty much around four or five. Um, yeah, he, he's been one of my typical, like, Otto Porter, Gary Harris type, undervalued, does a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, top 40 for four years in a row now. So I think I think he's going to beat where he went drafted. I think you could probably steal him over and over and over again in the 60 to 80 range this year. Yep. Um, and also, Marcus Aldrich all the way down to 82. Uh, all of us watch too much playoffs, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, solid pick there, especially since the, the power forward pool was drying up quickly. I ended up I'm jumping ahead to round eight here, but I was desperate for a power forward. Uh, I saw them just, just flying off the board, so I ended up taking Markeith Morris as a just a positional need. Yep. That was pretty good. Pretty Just another sound pick. Uh, it's your MO. I did not do that. In this round, I went for the upside, 
And I went for the, the mystery box, as I always call it. Um, no bigger mystery box than... <laughs> but literally. literally. <laughs> He's not an actual box, but uh, Boban, uh, 94. Uh, that's my kind of my eighth round, ninth round go-to. Is, again, with the, the lack of big men, uh, I can't sign off on drafting Boban enough. I, I love it. And I knew, I knew I was taking a risk because... I was pretty sure Jonas was going to take Rashad Holmes, and he did. And I was hoping he would not take him so I could handcuff and beat a little bit. But I want Boban so bad, I was willing to take that risk. Nice. I like it. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's going to be 29 this year, so it's not like he's got a, a decade of, of fantasy domination. So I really hope that over the next couple of years we get to see him you know, turned loose in 20 to 25 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, that would just be awesome. What's, what's For him to be a top 100 player, how many minutes does he need? Like... A t- top 100? Like, yeah. I think if he gets 19 minutes a game, he could do that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going to say like 15. Yeah. If he, if he somehow gets like 23, that's going to be such a steal. I don't remember looking at this last, for last season, but the year before, I remember looking at, um, I went to Stat News and was looking at FanDuel points per minute. Uh-huh. And a lot, of, a lot of guys are just super fluky. Like they played one minute and hit a three-pointer. Um, but it was like Russell Westbrook was up there, like 1.2, 1.3 uh, FanDuel points per minute. But the league leader was, was Boban. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just crazy what he can do. And I mean, he gets out there and just towers over people. Yeah. I mean, you look at his, his four-game sample in April. 16 points, 10.3 boards, 8.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 59% from the field, 85% from the line, in 23 minutes. I mean, oh, God. If, if he does that, if he has that line next year, he's top 25. I mean, 16-10 banging percentages in 1-1. One, one, that's, that's like a second-round player. Yeah, there are some hilarious possessions where it look, he looks like the – the super tall kid that all the other opposing coaches nice. are like checking his age in youth leagues. Yeah. Like he's just playing above everyone, catching his own misses. It's it's kind of hilarious at yeah. times. And hey, they don't forget they they beat the Rockets, and I think the Rockets they played their crew. And I was in Houston. I remember that game. It was like a bad loss for them. Um, yeah, they had everyone. They Harden went off. He had a, almost a triple double with thirty three points. So they were they had no excuses, and Bobon just beat them up. So yeah, we. He's another one of my must-grabs. I just want to see what happens with him. Pure, pure ceiling uh, around 100. Uh, I thought Derek Favors was a good pick at 93 for the same reason. Pure ceiling added. Usage likely coming his way. We've seen him go off a four, but he could be your first guy cut as well, which is fine. Yep, and again, after so after Favors went at 93, the next power forwards are Rashawn Holmes at 96. Um... I'm talking primary position at least. Marcus Morris at 109, and then Greg Monroe at 120. Uh, Oh, and Thaddeus Young at 119. So, yeah, there's a huge drop-off. I like the gamble on favors. We've seen his upside. Um, Horrific year last year, so you're going to be able to get him around 100, if not later. Yeah, I'm down with that, man. Post-type sleepers are always a good way to go. Zig when everyone else is zagging. Uh, I took Rodney Hood at 99, uh, another guy that around 100, I'm down. Um, big, big opportunity in front of him. Uh, like we said, him and Bazemore are you know, the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other with the way their value is going down. Um, yeah. and by comparison, Bazemore went at 135, which is a really nice pickup for Mr. Matt Strope. Yeah. Anything you want to add? We kind of covered that. No, that's fine. What else did you notice in round nine? Uh, we got Willie Cauley-Stein came off the board. like that pick. Yeah, that was solid. One pick before I took Pat Beverly. He's yeah, another guy. one of your boys. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm willing to gamble on him. I mean, if I could get him after 100, why not? He's yeah. been posting that value in Houston, and there's every reason to expect his role to increase in L.A. So the big question mark here is injuries. Dude just hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. Uh, but I, th- I think that risk is mitigated this deep in the draft. Yep. Um, what else? Rondé went here. Thought that was a little. I, I was surprised. Usually, I drive. Uh, I'm the one taking Rondé. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Yep. Uh, Strap went on Josh Jackson. Yep. Uh, Dobish went with Jabari Parker at 107, which I think is too aggressive. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm Just not. with no IR spot, no clear return date, uh, no guarantee that he won't have medical restrictions when he does return, which he probably will. Um, Definitely the Bucks, 
the Bucks GM or president, I think, said explicitly it's not about this year for Jabari. This is about a 22-year-old guy. We want to make sure he's healthy and good for the long haul. So that's terrifying to hear before the season begins. I don't want that guy on my team. Yeah, dude. Um, we probably should talk about Dobish's picks. Uh, I didn't really call him out on the uh, – but uh, you're going – okay, let's check this out. Uh, Isaiah Thomas in round six – or Ben Simmons in round five. Isaiah Thomas in round six. Uh, Zach Levine in, in round eight, uh, Javari Parker in, in round nine, Paul Gasol in round ten. I mean, oh my god, that's so risky right there. It's a, I can't do that. Derek Rose too towards the end. <laughs> I was to, to invest that your mid round picks, man. That's such a gamble, dude. Yeah, but uh, how do, how do we feel about drafting hurt players? I'm down with like one, if that. I don't like it, man. I just feel like I'd rather take a shot at a young player at a bad team. Yeah, it's very situational for me. Obviously, the IR spot is huge. Right. Um, the build I'm saying, of I'm my team, no IR spot. And, I, and I, I get a little more like you know, if in the final, for instance, um, why not get right to it? In round ten, I drafted Rudy Gay at one thirteen, and that's about as aggressive as I'll get in an injured player. I'm probably going to regret that, but I figured eh, if he comes out and he looks terrible and he's averaging eighteen minutes a game and sitting out back to backs, I'll just cut him. Um, but if he manages to look like you know, even 80% of what he had been, then that's a steal. So, um, yeah, you know, I'll take calculated risks risks every now and then. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, generally speaking. I'd rather bet on a healthy guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess we'll move to round 10. Uh, like we said, MKG, he's a, a pretty good Love value. Yeah, room 112 with the players dwell. That was a good one. Uh, I took John Collins again. Uh, I, I'm That's a, my other brand thing. <laughs> is young players, bad teams, man. Love it. That's my go-to. I won't have less than four or five players on young players on bad teams late in drafts. That's how you, that's how you win leagues, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, like you said, Rudy Gay. Everything's pretty Lou, standard. Yeah, Lou Williams at 114. You know, not an exciting guy, but he'll probably hit that value. Um, yeah, Thaddeus Young, Greg Monroe. That was just a, another... Pointer, and then right after them, Dirk Nowitzki. Just a run on on low end big men at this point. Yeah, uh, and then I thought Marvin Williams is good. I took again, uh, Laurie Marketing. Young player, bad team, look good in EuroBasket uh, again for Woods. It's tougher to draft big, so I think I'm going to have a lot of Marketing. Uh, he's not going to really block shots, so uh, I'd really like to get a block. So that's why I think Miles Turner could be such a key piece for me to get in drafts. Mm. Uh, because it, uh, the way I want to build my team, if I'm going to punt field goal percentage too, um, it's, it's even more valuable, man. That's why I like Turner so much. Uh, anything else in here? This this round was surprisingly not very sexy. Uh, like there are a lot of like older guys, not many rookies here. Um, Alan Crabb, I thought was a really good pick. Yeah, Beer Beer okay. killed his draft. I he, I love like pretty much every pick he made. Yeah, Deadman as a block specialist went yeah. in this round. Uh, drop took Scalabissier. That was that was one of the only real like interesting young upside picks that got taken. Yep. Uh, so round twelve. Anything else? Uh, oh, one one thing that's worth mentioning for so Dario. He's I think like sixty five seventy in a lot of the applets for ESPN and Yahoo, and he fell to one thirty eight. That's where you should go. Yeah, I would assume that, that the, the main fantasy sites are going to update their rankings because there's some crazy stuff. Like, I mean, we just mentioned MKG. I want to say he was at, like, 308. Like, just a lot of very good players are completely buried in the rankings yeah. behind guys who aren't even in the league anymore. Like, it's it's chaos. Yeah. So definitely do not go into your draft just hoping to scroll through names and pick guys on the fly. Yep. Um, at the, the very least, give it a, a good once-over and build your queue before the draft. Yep, that's what I did. Um, what you do is go in there, run through. I, I always run through it. Down, run through it, back up, and just put name put names that you think are gonna that we've been any name you you hear us mention on the podcast, just throw them in your queue. That way you just know they're there. You don't have to go scrolling through it. Um, that's huge uh, for early drafts. Again, they're gonna probably adjust. And by the way, what's up? I mean, their primary positions are, are really wacky. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. Hassan Whiteside's a power forward. What? Like I, I drafted uh, in, in round twelve, the very next round, I drafted Karis Levert. Uh, primary position, powerful. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so anything else here? I guess we could just talk about our picks uh, to move, or anything else that we saw that was fun. Um, Utah, Jason, Jason Tatum went round 12 to Dovish. That was an interesting upside bet. Also, by the way, how dare you take Karis LeVert uh, over... Yeah. <laughs> what if, I, I've always said this, too. I want multiple nets on my teams. I actually didn't really come through here. Um, you guys are stealing my thunder. But are you? What do we? What do we need for Levert to be good? What are you, minutes wise? Uh, minutes usage. I mean, do we need to see D'Angelo come off the bench to give him a starting role there, or so I think they're going to start Alan Crabb at the three. I think if he if he essentially fills a six man role, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. I mean, I could see him being being the first guy off the bench. Um, you know, maybe along with Tamari Carroll, but that second unit doesn't have a ton of firepower, so I think Levert's usage will be pretty strong. Yeah. I think it might actually kind of help him to be a, be the lead dog in the second unit, get have the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd rather like him. I don't think they have so much depth that I'm really worried uh, too much about, about his role, minutes, usage, anything like that. I think he's going to surprise us in steals um, with the way that team is put together. There's going to be a lot of sloppy turnovers for both the Nets and their opponents. Um, anything else you want? I mean, we've kind of talked about the same same stuff here. Uh, we saw Frank Nilakina go 148 to Steve. It's pretty much where he's going to go. Yeah. Uh, said, oh, what, the... one more thing I want to talk about yep. that I'm mad about, man. And this is the first draft I didn't get Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah. There you. <laughs> you fought, I just I, like him, man. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the Nets' depth chart. They've got Jared Allen... Uh, Timothy Mozgov maybe projects as the opening night starter at center. Um, I just I'm not buying that he's going to hold off Allen for long. Um, he's a you know very good shot blocker, could lead the team in rebounding. And as you've mentioned over and over, this is a bad team. So their young guys are going to get plenty of opportunities. Yep, I uh, couldn't say it better myself. All right, uh, anything else? I guess some other great sexy picks here. Uh, Mike Muscala again. Beer was. Beer was all over this draft. Uh, I think he did. He didn't have a single bad pick. Uh, you took Igadala. What? That's not very fun. No, that was not. so. I went. I went for Levert, and then Jared Allen, and then I went went a complete yeah. one eighty with Igadala. Yeah. Um, not at all a sexy pick, but he just gets it done. After the break last year, he was a top fifty nine cap player. So I just figured, why not? There was no one I was super interested in gambling on here, so I just went with a safe guy. You betting against Kevin Durant then, or what? No, I just think Igudala in, in 26, 28 minutes a game can can provide value at, at 160. Yeah, he's, he's a so, heck of a player, man. Hall of Famer? Yeah. We, I don't think he gets any... I, I don't think, know, that's a discussion for yeah. another pod. That's an interesting question. I know, we had this talk about it a while ago, and I always I always think about it. I think he's I think he's got a shot, man. He's so good in Philly. What is it? Basketball Reference has their uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, 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 we looked at that. It was real, real low. So he's a. They have Iguodala at two point eight percent currently. So, and they they use all sorts of like based on who's in the hall and what awards and accolades they've had. So, so I guess it's not looking good for them. Yeah, we'll see. I have one one more question for you, Mike, before we get out of here. Okay. So young teams, uh, or bad teams, young players. So the Suns, we've went over all their guys. The Nets, we've we've been over that ad nauseum. Who do you like besides Markin and on the Bulls? Who's who's getting it done for you? Because someone's got to score for that team. I've taken Chris Dunn in a couple. It's pretty much Ooh. it. Um, I can't do it. I mean, what it, with this late in draft, it's it's worth it to me. And I'm yeah, gonna, as, a, as a late as a final round guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm assuming again a field goal percentage punt team. He'd be yeah. really nice there. Uh, I got a. You know what? My next mock draft, I'm gonna draft Westbrook at like three. If I if I don't get Cat or Giannis, like if I pick third or later. I'm gonna take Westbrook and just see how it goes, and try this thing out. I've I'm only I've only talked about this punt field goal percentage thing in my head in hypotheticals, so I'd love to actually try to do it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean that, that's part of it. Um, I mean the Lakers, I guess the Kings. I took Bogdan Bogdanovich by the way in my last pick. Uh, he's looked pretty good in Eurobasket. No. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I was actually hoping to land Tyler Ulis with my final pick, but he went two picks before to Ethan, so I just kind of in a kind of half-assed it and took Mason Plumley, which yeah. you all, all probably yeah, cut day, day one. You liking that or what? Just... Plumley? No, I'll probably end up cutting him. Yeah, to see where he lands or something in case he doesn't yeah. come back. 
Uh, Alright, so our pod. Um, again, just check out the mock draft for all the picks that we didn't discuss. There are 180 of them. So a lot of stuff we didn't talk about. Um, but yeah, lots of news. Yeah, we are in full-on draft mode. We'll be doing a lot more stuff as well. Uh, see you yeah. guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football Sunday. Um, should be pretty fun. And thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.